Like every NFL team, the Chiefs roster started taking shape on Saturday with a reduction of 90 players to 53. There weren't any big surprises there, but the Chiefs made news late that night when they landed running back LaShawn McCoy, who had been cut earlier that day from the Buffalo Bills. Chiefs beat writer Brooke Pryor is here to discuss the newest Chiefs and the roster with me, Blair Kirkhoff, on Sportsbeat KC, sponsored by Big O Tires. Today is September 2nd, Labor Day. Brooke Pryor is here. Brooke, how are you doing? Not bad. It's uh, been a chaotic Labor Day. Yes, yes, Labor Day, right? Uh, we're, this is the day when you walk into the newsroom, and there are really only just a handful of people here, but we're among them. Yes, we are, having been other places first and on our way to other places after this. Yeah, and Lee is here, too, so it's always good to see Lee. <laughs> Chiefs, uh, like every NFL team, cut their roster from 90 to 53. I didn't think there were many surprises. No, I don't think so. I'm trying to think back through because it feels like so many things have happened since the roster was cut down by Saturday afternoon. Um, I mean, I guess Cody Thompson was a little bit of a surprise. They chose to just sign him to the practice squad. Um, they let go of both their corners, uh, Demontre Wade and Herb Miller, both of their young corners, and didn't sign them to the practice squad either, which I thought was interesting. They chose to go with four kind of unknown guys that were not with the team in camp. Including two cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. who I, One has NFL experience, the other does not. Right. So you're right. That was a little bit of a little bit of a eyebrow razor. You know, but I, I think what Andy Reid said uh, after the Green Bay game on the teleconference the next day should have clued us into it a little bit. He said that right now they felt like they were having to evaluate their corners and project their potential and that they weren't really giving them enough right now to make them feel good about these guys contributing right away. So I think that's why they look at them. They were like, well, we got what we got out of them and there's not we don't feel like they can make an impact right away, and we need somebody to make an impact right away, which is also why I think the Chiefs aren't done adding somebody to this roster. The fact that here we are week week one of the season, and their cornerback room is still a very big problem. It is. It is. They, they you know, Morris Claiborne's going to join them after a month, but they have to get they have to get through the month. Right. The, exactly. The four game suspension to to Mo Claiborne. Um, so they're rolling with the frontline guys, Brashard Breeland, Kendall Fuller, um, Traverius, and Traverius Ward. Ward with uh, Rashad, with uh, Fenton on. Fenton as their basically backup. Their, so their, basically their backup. they have four corners. Right, right, which is a pretty thin cornerback room. I, I do think you're right. I think we'll see. Right, although uh, Brett Veach said on his conference call Saturday afternoon that he felt like the safety group was versatile enough that uh, Tyron Matthew can play some corner. Jordan Lucas has played corner. One Thornhill has played corner. So it seems like maybe even just through the first week, the first game when when everyone when people are active, uh, that even if they sign somebody new, he would probably not be active this week. And it sounds like that they would just have to go with using you know piecing something together. Right, right. But but he also left open the the, the possibility of signing a cornerback right. this week. So. Well, uh, again, no no great surprises with the in, with the, with the news of the roster reduction, but there was a piece of news that happened what about 11 o'clock, 10:30, 11 o'clock that night, which there was a bit <laughs> bit of foreshadowing uh, yes. of this. 
But we're all sort of in our college football coma on Saturday. Yeah, I was very much in a coma. And uh, and you had uh, a rather delightful day with your alma mater. Right, yeah. My team beat my husband's team. Uh, he is a South Carolina fan. I am a UNC grad. I was not planning on trash talking or gloating, uh, but I would like to say that his trash talk talked me into it because uh, he had been trash talking all day. I mean, all week. Like, beginning a week out, he started sending me things, and I just kind of took it. Gamecocks were uh, a favorite. They game were too. a favorite. They were like a 10, 12-point favorite at a neutral site. Um, and then UNC won, so I played Return of the Mac in the apartment while he was upstairs <laughs> licking his wounds. In, and we live in a loft, so there aren't many doors to slam, but he found one. <laughs> uh, but the good news is that we're still married and everything is fine now. But... And the aftermath of that, I was, you know, we had the conference call with uh, Brett Veach. I think it was in the middle of the game. Uh, so thank goodness my line was muted. And he said, you know, we're going to take a peek at LaShawn McCoy. We can't talk about it. Not official yet. We don't know that if he's officially been released, but it's been reported. But if he is indeed released, we will take a look. Um, so... It seemed natural that he would come to Kansas City, although a little bit of a surprise, I think, just given that the running back room is set. Um, They have three really good guys, four if you count Anthony Sherman, but Damien Williams, Darwin Thompson, and Daryl Williams. And you don't necessarily need a name-brand flashy guy to make Andy Reid's offense work, but LaShawn McCoy has experience and and a really good history with Andy Reid and with Brett Veach. So... At that point, it seemed inevitable, although I'll be honest, I didn't think it was going to happen that night. Uh, I have a feature on my phone, Do Not Disturb. So at 11 o'clock, Auto Do Not Disturb goes on. And that includes if my phone is unlocked and I'm on it, my notifications don't pop up. So I had just woken up from a college football coma. It was about 11.15. I was in bed scrolling through Instagram, as you do before bed, and... And the NFL like official account popped up and it said breaking LaShawn McCoy to the Chiefs. And I thought, oh, this is not good. If they've had time to make a graphic and get an Instagram post out about it, I am late. So, of course, sent some texts, got it confirmed right away because at that point it had been out for 25 minutes uh, and then got out of bed, went downstairs, woke the dogs up, woke my husband up. And like, I think I was kind of angrily typing at this point, like, why am I awake? Why is this happening? This is not free agency. Um, But it's really exciting nonetheless. And credit to the Chiefs, they announced his signing officially this morning, Monday morning. We talked to Andy Reid right afterward. And then we had to wait about an hour and a half, two hours. But then we got LaShawn McCoy and he was great. I mean, he was he was worth the wait. He was very honest, very... um, I don't know. It, it was exactly what you would you would want to hear from him. Well, let's hear from him. Uh, we've got a little bit of LaShawn McCoy on 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 tape, so let's let's hear from the newest chief, uh, LaShawn McCoy, who met the media at the Chiefs' training facility today. Uh, just when I had time to reflect, um, just how the season went last year and uh, what type of scheme I wanted to be in. Um, there was a group of teams I called in, and I thought this is probably the best fit for me. Uh, I mean, you see the offense. I mean, I'm just trying to get in here and just fit a small role. These guys are rolling and be part of that. I think I have a, a, a great chance at a, at a championship. Um, you had to pick a team that you want to play for. And I think the best part about it is uh, Andy Reid, who is one of my favorites coaches of my NFL career. 
he's had me since I've been what twenty years old. Now I'm at thirty one. Um, made a long talk and 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 Brett Veach, a guy that believed in me, you know, for for years. So this was was the right fit. I think so. Conversations like on on Saturday with Andy and with Brett. Just um, <clears throat> the, the team they had here and where they're going, their type of goals, um, a realistic approach to get to the um, to the dance. Um, I mean, when you look at a team like this, it's so explosive on defense, especially on offense. I mean, the playmakers around, and then the quarterback. I mean, this 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 guy is is for real. He's the real deal. So getting there with him and all the other weapons. Um, and as a unit, it just made sense. Um, that's kind of the conversation how I went and what we talked about. And knowing Andy for years, he's always sitting in his, his uh, office, drawing up plays, looking at old tape, you know, trying to fit the players in there. So um, that was kind of the biggest conversation. Sean, you said the best part coming here was getting back together with Andy. What, what is, why do guys love to play for him? What, what is it about his... Coaching style. I mean, just to answer that question, I could, there's so many different answers. I mean, I, I love, you know, Coach Reed. But the biggest thing for me was just he's always been honest since day one. Um, he's honest. He shoots you straight. Um, his family, they're the same way. And I, as a coach, I've learned so much from him. You know, and now coming here, I'm sure he can teach me different things. Um, I'm an old, older player, and I, I want to stretch my career out. As long as possible, I want to be productive as well. And I think just playing with him, um, the, the type of roles and setups, and you watch the tape of the offense and how they go up and down the field with small plays to big shots, um, to getting to utilizing all the, the open space for his players. I mean, when you see that, you, you fall in love with that. Um, and, and he does a great job of getting the talent. I mean, a lot of these guys are drafted here, um, and they get better with time, and he gets a lot of that credit. Do you feel like an offense like this can kind of get your uh, career numbers back to kind of the way it was in Philadelphia in those first couple of years in Buffalo under, under Coach Regan? Uh, I think so, just with the, the players around that they have here. Um, you know, just the space. And also, like, I want to say majority of my career, I've always been, like, the, the key guy. You know, when I come here and I'm kind of down on the, on the, on the grouping. You know, you got the, the quarterbacks and all the wide receivers, you know, even in the backfield. They have some good players. So if you look at it that way, I mean, I come in here and, and, and do some things um, and not just being at the red dot, you know, that every game the defense is circling. Uh, and that helps out. You know, when you have a lot of help around, you know, like I'll be coming here because uh, they're already set. Like the, the, the group of guys are already there. I'm just coming here to, to, to do my part. Okay, that was uh, LaShawn McCoy meeting the media today. What was your what was your big takeaway from from him? Uh, that Andy Reid. I mean, we've heard from his previous players that he is a really special guy, and you know the 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 love that his former players and current players feel from him is real, and it's it's really powerful. Um, and so I think that we heard today just how powerful that is that LaShawn McCoy had an opportunity to play for either the Chiefs or the Chargers and his role you could argue would be even more important with the Chargers because Melvin Gordon is still holding out he signs in in LA and he's he becomes the guy I mean yes they have Austin Eckler and some other guys on that team but I think he really zooms to the top of that depth chart with Melvin Gordon out of the picture or whatever Melvin Gordon is doing right now he comes here I mean their offense is 
it's fine. You know, you, you don't need LaShawn McCoy. But when we were talking with him today, he said, you know, I understand that I'm just, I play a role here. He's, and not, he's, he's not the guy. He's not the guy. And he likes that. And he said, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be the guy that defenses are circling before the game. I like to have, I like that I'm surrounded by a cast that will take some of the pressure off me. He also said, and I thought this was astute observation, that uh, California taxes yes. scared him away a little bit. Right. He said, <laughs> he said, you know, California is a really far away away. I have my seven-year-old son who's in Philadelphia and getting all the way across the country like that, that would be hard to commute and also taxes. And I was like, I, I mean, yes, that that is a great reason. We can all relate. Death taxes and Andy Reid. I mean, I don't. <laughs> Death taxes and Andy Reid offense, all things that are that are uh, universal truths. You said something earlier that that um, that struck me, and that is how former players feel about Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've noticed that in the, in the handful of years I've covered the Chiefs and LaShawn McCoy reinforced that notion today. And I thought it was I thought it was also interesting when we were talking to Andy Reid about this, how he referred to the young, you know, the, the, the time when they drafted him and started developing LaShawn McCoy and, and Deshaun Jackson and Jeremy Macklin, his old Eagles, uh, you know, players. There's, you know, it, it's, it's no coincidence that Jeremy Macklin spent a couple of years here with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's kind of how it works in the NFL. Yeah. You, you, you develop relationships with these guys and and the players seem to kind of gravitate to the coaches that they've liked Mm -hmm. and the coaches seem to identify players who they've coached before to bring back we've seen that often with the Chiefs Mm -hmm. and uh and this is just a different version of bringing back to Anthony Thomas he you know it's (laughs) he was you know LaShawn McCoy wasn't a Chief but he was an Andy Reid guy right and uh, so is there is there juice left in the tank for for LaShawn McCoy I think so I think to me one of the more notable parts of his press conference was he was asked, you know, how tough was last year with the turnover on the offensive line and the just constant carousel of quarterbacks with guys getting hurt? And he said, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because it seems like the narrative is always like, Shady's bad. Shady had a bad year. You know, it's it's all about why he, that he was bad and not necessarily why his numbers were down. And yeah, you look at the what he lost he lost three Pro Bowl offensive linemen either right before or right at the beginning of the season. He has different quarterbacks rotating in there. And so I think that his numbers look like his career is on a ventilator, but I don't think that's the case. I think it's hard to be a 31-year-old running back in the NFL when everyone is younger, faster, stronger, more durable. But I think that you put him in an Andy Reid offense and Andy Reid is going to get the most out of whatever years he has left. We've talked about it before that I, I'm just – I've marveled at the production that Andy Reid gets from running backs, going all the way back to Jamal Charles and Niall Davis, through Spencer Ware and Charkandrick West, through Kareem Hunt, and um, and now Damian Williams and Daryl Williams. Mm-hmm. These are the players that have started at running back for Andy Reid. They go elsewhere and don't perform, or in the like, case of Jamal Charles, he's too old. Right. But every everybody, when they come play in, for Andy Reid, uh, they are – they are productive now. Lashawn McCoy is a different. He's a different animal. He's ten thousand career rushing yards. Andy Reid called him a, a future Hall of Famer. Um, he might need to have a little more work to do before we talk about him in the Hall of Fame. But he did have a sixteen hundred yard rushing season with the Eagles. He had two thousand yard seasons with the Bills, and and like we said, it's um, you know his his career uh, or his season was 
uh, not as productive last year as, as it has been in the past. And not only in terms of total yards, but yards per carry. I think it was down to 3.2 last year. But so how does the how, how do the shares play out? What, what are we talking about here between, you know, among, I should say, he, Damian Williams, Darwin Thompson, and Daryl Williams? Who's going to get the carries? How's that going to break down? Man, you know... Will they all be active on game day? That's I don't the think they'll question. all be active. I think Daryl Williams becomes the inactive running back to me because I think Darwin Thompson still brings enough of a, a unique skill set that they still want to find a role for him in the offense. And Andy Reid said as much when he was asked about it earlier today. Um, I think I think that Damian Williams and, and LaShawn McCoy are going to end up splitting carries more than... Damian Williams was going to ever split carries with Darwin Thompson and Darrell Williams. Um, I think that, you know, it, it could end up being an even split. I I don't know. I, I think that it's definitely going to be a more running back by committee situation. <laughs> Something that Andy <laughs> Reid kind of alluded to in the in the during training camp and then like walked it back. Right. But, depends on what coach you talk to. Right. You know? I, I don't know. Did Andy Reid know a month ago that LaShawn McCoy was going to end up here and got ahead of himself? I don't what what conspiracy theory do we want to pick today? There you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, I he's done it before he's managed talented running backs before um i'm gonna say that i i regret drafting damian williams in fantasy and i definitely have regrets taking darwin thompson and i'm sure lots of people who were like texting me being like should i take darwin thompson i was like yeah absolutely i'm sorry uh i didn't know that that shady was going to come to kansas city so that would change how i've dra- how i would draft um but yeah i mean if if you're i i think that it's going to end up being pretty even between the two of them. The the response that I saw Sunday, late Saturday night into Sunday morning was mostly from fantasy football folks. You yeah. Know, who just were Well, pro- because that's what really the- matters here. Not like <laughs> Super Bowl potential or, or how the season's going to shake out. But chemistry, like, right. It's right. Just- no, but we're worried about fantasy football. <laughs> right. uh, I mean, same. So I, I get it. <laughs> right. Hey, let's take a break here and we will be back after this. The biggest tire sale of the year could only happen at Big O Tires, but you've only got two weeks to get two free tires. That's right, two free tires when you buy two, now at Big O Tires through September 9th. Just buy two select tires and you'll receive two free with the purchase of a one-year alignment and tire protection package. That's half off your tires at Big O Tires. It's the biggest tire sale of the year through September 9th only. Buy two tires, get two free. Now at Big O Tires. Big on service, guaranteed low prices. For the location nearest you, go to BigOtires.com. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. Unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Back with Brooke Pryor, Chiefs beat writer for the Kansas City Star. Brooke, I did a little uh, little computation uh, got the calculator out, the the adding machine, the abacus, all of that, and have determined that Andy Reid is five and one 
in opening games, uh, regular season openers for the Chiefs. This is his seventh uh, Saturday or Sunday at Jacksonville. And not only that, but he's undefeated on the road. He's 4-0, including his first one, which, which was at Jacksonville in 2013. And the last three uh, openers that he has won on the road were all teams that made the playoffs. So I think the conclusion that can be drawn here is that the Chiefs come ready to play the regular season. They are prepared. Your first game covering the Chiefs uh, was the season opener of 2018. They mm-hmm. were at the Chargers. And you just I, – I, I don't know what you recall from that game, but I just remember that the Chiefs were up 14 to nothing before we all basically got comfortable in our seats. And they seemed really ready to open last season, not only with that win, but the win at, at Pittsburgh the next week. Yeah. So um, any reason to think that this – they're going to defy, you know, the, the trend. No, I no. I mean, you can see not only are the players ready, because especially you look at the starting offense and starting defense, they've barely gotten to be on the field. And like they're getting angry that they've been taken off the field. So I think they're ready to go out there and let it rip. And then from a coaching perspective and a play calling perspective, Andy Reid's been holding so much back. You have to think that he is so excited to dial up that first series. I mean, the first play. Be in your seats. Be Have the TV on. Don't turn it on late. It's going to be fun, like whatever it is. Because you know he's been waiting so long for this. We've all been waiting so long for this. So um, I, I think that, yeah, they're, it's, I, don't, I don't know what the outcome will be because I also think that it's not – their offense is definitely going to be ready. The defense is still a work in progress. So the offense, I'm not worried about them holding up their end of the bargain. The defense, though – Hasn't had a lot of time to be together. I think, what, like three, four snaps? Did they right. have the whole starting defense on the team? Correct. Um, that can be a little shaky. But I also don't know that the Jags have the offensive weapons to really take advantage of the soft spots on this defense. Definitely. Uh, Nick Foles is a, is a player that Andy Reid is familiar with, having coached him in Philadelphia and in Kansas City. Um, the Jaguars came to Kansas City last year, and the Chiefs handled them. I think it was 30-14. to 14. Um, and and actually have beaten them the last couple times they've played at Arrowhead. So um, Andy Reid has done well against this team, but there is a little bit of an X factor too uh, in Jacksonville, and that's the weather. Uh, Yes. There's – pay attention to uh, Tuesday night into Wednesday morning. That is when the eye of the hurricane, uh, Dorian, is supposed to – we'll know more about – where this hurricane is headed, uh, the weather folks tell us, Thursday, Tuesday night into Wednesday morning, if it's on, if it stays on the track that it's on currently, then the folks in Jacksonville will breathe a sigh of relief because it will never hit landfall. It'll just keep kind of rolling north uh, out of Florida. But if it turns west and goes inland, then that's a big problem for mm-hmm. Jacksonville. There are already uh, mandatory evacuations right now in Jacksonville mm-hmm. and places along the St. John River. And um, look, the, the the Jaguars have canceled their Wednesday practice, and they're not going to practice again until Thursday. That's a distraction for the team. Yeah, that's they're, a huge distraction. They're, they're you know they're they're spending these next you know all day Monday and then and Tuesday and Wednesday making sure that the the, the families of the of the team personnel and the players are all safe and you know evacuated and the pets are all taken care of and so I, I don't you know who knows what kind of impact this will have on the game but it's not a normal week for the Jacksonville Jaguars. No, and you have to feel for them. I mean that and, and Andy Reid opened up his press conference saying our hearts go out to them because 
this when natural disasters happen, it's about more than football. Um, and you you do you have to think about the impact for these the players and their families and, and all and the trickle down the staff and and everything else. And then oh by the way, your season opener is on Saturday, um, and you have to hope you know that the field is intact and that you know roads are okay and everything else. So yeah, I mean it is a a huge distraction, a huge thing going into it. Um, but yeah, I, this is a very, it will be an unusual week one, I think for Jacksonville. Um, and the chiefs, I think are, are cognizant of that and, and thinking about them. They are. And I, you know what, I, I didn't look at the roster to see, you know, if, if there are players in the chiefs who are from that area, I just haven't looked. I know that when the college games were played this past weekend, we know one game was a was directly impacted by that. Yep. The, the Florida State-Boise State game was supposed to be played at the stadium in Jacksonville, and they moved it to Tallahassee. And, and course, clearly that <laughs> helped a whole lot. Oh, my gosh. Uh. Boise State came from 18 down to win that game. But um, uh, but players on, on like, Kansas's football team had uh, from the from that area were thinking about their their families and, and all up and down the Florida coast. So um, it, it's we've been through this before in professional football. It, it happens, you know. Unfortunately, it happens pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. With in, football starts when the, at the beginning of hurricane season, so that is a uh, it's a story to continue to pay attention to. Certainly, the um, you know the, the, the Chiefs will be monitoring. I haven't heard any anything but rumors about what might happen if if the worst case scenario. Right. Uh, hits and, and Jacksonville gets flooded, so we probably we no need to even even right, speculate not, on that. <laughs> we don't need to be alarmist quite yet. No, no, let's let's wait till we midweek or so. <laughs> All right, Brooke, um, we will. Uh, I was going to ask you about uh, a prediction, but let's save that for our Facebook Live. Oh, good call on Thursday when we keep have, them coming back for more. There you go. So we'll have Sam and Vahe with us. But um, thanks a lot for dropping by on this Labor Day. On this busy, of busiest of days for you. Extra labory Labor Day. It really is. <laughs> Thanks, Brooke. Thanks, Blair. Links to the stories we discuss can be found in the show notes on KansasCity.com, Facebook.com, slash Red Zone Extra, and the Red Zone Extra app. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, help us out by rating and reviewing Sports BKC. We'd love to hear from you, and your review can help us reach more listeners. Thanks to producer Leah Becer for coming in on Labor Day and putting together today's show. This has been Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star sports podcast, and we'll be back with another episode tomorrow. Thanks for listening.